This is the Straight from the Net podcast with Jamie and Danielle. We say bad words and talk about inappropriate things that you may not want your coworkers, small children, or the easily offended to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. It's another episode of the Straight from the Net podcast. I'm Danielle. Hi, and I'm Jamie. Fantastic. <laughs> It's Tuesday. It's chilly. It's right after Thanksgiving. It's so fucking cold out. Do you know it was snowing this morning when I got in my car? Was it? Yes. Fucking worries. I was like, this is nonsense. You know, and I felt like, okay, so I, I've talked about it already. Like, I'm having this this flare of whatever it is. Like, they think it's like gastritis, whatever. I have all this shit going on and it's lasting forever. And my doctor straight up told me that it could be six to eight months before what? this fixes itself. Because it takes so long to heal. Which just makes you more stressed out because you just want to move on. But anyway, the whole point of me telling you that is my son is so sweet. I usually get up in the morning and I drive him to the bus stop because it's about like a quarter, third mile away, something like that. And first thing in the morning, especially when it's cold, like the last thing you want to do is like get out in that cold and walk. And he's like, no, mom, I know you don't feel good. I'm going to walk to the bus stop. It was so cold this morning. It was. I, he didn't care. He said he liked it. Last night, it was so cold. That I went upstairs and went to bed, and Paco got cold, but so cold that he came up and go, came to bed with me. <laughs> and you know, warm? you know it's fucking cold. If he's coming to bed with <laughs> you, Paco was coming to bed like with me, and he was like, <laughs> you know what? I notice in this house, as old as it is, it's like I can never get the temperature right in here yeah. ever. And so I don't know what's happening outside. I swear, every time we podcast now, there's so much noise. It's never going to be quiet again because there's six people in this house right now. But um. It's like freezing cold in the family room. It's uh, it's okay in the kitchen. It's okay in the dining room. And then it starts to get a little chilly again in the living room, which means I'm probably going to have to get, get that, like, old lady paper for, like, you know, the plastic over all the windows and everything. Because <laughs> I'm, like, sitting on the living room couch last night. I'm like, it's, like, really cold. But in the family room, it's freezing. It's, like, and we have vents in there, but it just doesn't get warm. So I'm like, well, this is great. Then you go up the steps, and it's, like, 60 degrees upstairs probably, like, oh 55 degrees. So I'm like, why is it so cold? And the boys are fine. They love it. And actually, our little one, the little six-year-old, he would walk around. He's the kid that would walk around in shorts in winter. Uh. He's that kid. He's always hot. In fact, he complained today. It was so hot in his classroom, he was bummed out about it. Oh. But he has had enough. He has had enough. So my husband dresses him with, like, a little T-shirt on and, like, a, a hoodie He's like, well, buddy, if you get hot, take your, you know, hoodie off and then you have your t-shirt underneath. And the say he was like, it just wasn't enough. It is just so hot. And the teacher would not turn the fan on. And I'm thinking, could you imagine the other kids who are like freezing, freezing their, their ass off? And then here comes our kid who's like the kid who's going to walk around in shorts. That kid. With six inches of snow on the That ground. kid just made my whole entire day when I walked in here and he was like, yeah, Jamie's here. I know. That was like so cute. I but, was uh, like, yay, I am here. I'm just thinking, I'm like, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, my mom for Christmas last year. Bought me a mattress pad uh-huh. that heats up, but it's two zone. Oh, so it's- so now I turn that thing on and I'm all warm and toasty, and Bruce doesn't turn his side on because it's too much for him. Girl, I could not have something like that because can I just tell you, I would not get out of bed. I don't want to get out of bed, but in the middle of the night, I'm like sweating my balls off. I gotta like turn it off, and it- then when I wake back up at six o'clock in the morning, I have to turn it back on. It was so cold last night. It really was. So, can I just tell you? Well, wait, can you tell us about Thanksgiving? Because everybody wants to know if anything went down on Thanksgiving. Okay, so this is what happened on Thanksgiving. My sister uninvited my mom because they got into a fight. Then my nephew pulled the baby cart. 
and was like, you have to come because it's my baby's first Thanksgiving. So first of all, let's just get this straight. The baby is five months old. So he has been trying to make memories for a baby that's not going to remember. It doesn't matter, though. It'll be great pictures for her at some point in time. And pictures for them. Anywho. You remember what it's like to have your first baby. So anyway, I only have one. Um, So we go and it's the day of and I'm like, is mom invited or is she not invited? And Carrie was like, she's re-invited. But then my mom was fed up and was like, fuck you, I'm not coming. <laughs> Via faking an earache. So my mom was like, I'm not coming, I have an earache. She had an earache, but she also had a whole entire fucking turkey dinner in the oven, so she wasn't that sick. <laughs> um, so my mom made her own turkey and she didn't come. <laughs> so basically it was my mom's fuck off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then the next morning I woke up and went Black Friday shopping, which I don't ever want to see 5 o'clock in the morning again. Like, it's not a nice time. <laughs> like, it's awful. <laughs> So I get up. How was Sally with it, though? She, she was, she was fine. Because she's, like, used to, like, having zero sleep, right. working two she's jobs. Like, good morning. Yeah. I was like, I need Duncan, and I need it now. And Duncan wasn't open, so we had to stop at fucking Wawa. And Wawa is not as good as Duncan. Like, food-wise, it's better. But, <laughs> like, I want my caramel or my hazelnut light ice latte, and I couldn't get it. So, anyway, we go Black Friday shopping, and I go into North Face, and I get a fleece. Just one fleece. And then I waited an hour in a line to pay for the fleece. An hour to check out. Wow. It was that busy? Yes. Wow. No kidding. So then we went to Champion. And Champion, I was in and out. And we went to a couple other stores. And that was basically it. Like, we were home by noon. Oh, that's not bad. No. No. But Katie stayed the night with me on Thanksgiving, which was fun for her and Paco because they got to sit around and roast me like they do. Mm. Um, and they thought it was absolutely hysterical. And right. then everybody came over, like Mikey came over and Fitz came over and Lester came over and Allison came over and it was a whole party. And then Katie was there and they were excited to see her. So then they all sat around and roasted me. Oh my gosh, you poor thing. But I was like, I need to go to bed because I'm getting up at the ass crack of dawn. Right. But we get home from Thanksgiving dinner. Carrie lives... Up the street from you. Mm-hmm. So it's about a 20 minute ride to my house. Right. From her house. Before we left, Katie had fucking pie. Like she ate and she had pie. And then I was like, okay, you're done your pie. Let's go. So we get home. And this bitch is rummaging through my cabinets and my pantry and my fucking fridge. And she's like, I'm hungry. Bitch, you just had pie. <laughs> you just had pie. How are you hungry 20 minutes later? <laughs> Like, was that ride, did that ride take it out of you? <laughs> she was like, well, I was traumatized because she thought she was following me because my car, the design, the color, a 2006 blue Honda Civic. Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. that look. So she thought she was following me, ended up following somebody else and was like, all oh, turn around. And she was like, mom. No. Oh, my God. So we get there and I'm like, how I don't even know how you're hungry. And then she looks at me and she was like, you don't have any food. I just made a whole entire fucking emotional support turkey. Like, <laughs> I, I have support turkey. food. I made my own turkey because I didn't know how Thanksgiving was going to go, people. I know. You were like, I need to have one just in case it right. goes sideways. So then she's like, I don't want turkey. I just had turkey. I want Chinese food. You got to be kidding. 
Bitch, if you can find a Chinese food place open at 6 o'clock on fucking Thanksgiving, then so fucking be it. Do you? Aren't they all open? I don't know. She, she finally <laughs> gave up open? on it because she realized I, I had to pay for it because she didn't have any money. And she was like, I was like, I'm not buying you fucking Chinese. Oh, my God. Well, where was her husband? He was and home. his parents? Yeah, he was home. Okay. He had blood work and stuff to do the next day while we were shopping. So, she, and she was so pissed off because I didn't go to fucking Vera Bradley. But I was just ready to go home. Like, I was not happy being out Black Friday shopping. Like, I won't You sounded like you were being kind of a kind of source rat. I was not. No? Well, then why wouldn't you let your daughter just go to one store? She didn't remind me. She didn't say anything. We were riding around and Sally was like, hey, you want to go anywhere? And she was like, no. Well, I guess I was just supposed to know that no meant yes, we got to go to fucking Vera Bradley, which is basically old lady clothes and old lady purses and old lady fucking shit. But Katie fucking loves Vera Bradley because she's like a little old woman stuck in a 22-year-old body. Like, I swear to fucking God, there's butterscotches at the bottom of her purse. And I know <laughs> there is because that's what she asked me every, for, every year for Christmas. She asked you for butterscotches? Butterscotches. The I love butterscotches. has them at the bottom of her purse. She is an old lady trapped in a 22-year-old body. Well, you know, Kathy and I went into a house once and they left us um, the strawberry ones yeah. with the strawberry in the middle. And butterscotches, like, here's for the appraisers, and we thought we hit the jackpot. Like, she's probably, what, in the, the top 1% of all people. <laughs> I'm in the 99% of the rest of us, and we both acted the same when we got a couple butterscotches and anyway, this little strawberry thing. This little bitch loves some butterscotches. So anyway, I didn't know that she wanted to really go in there, and I was fed up and tired and cranky, so we left. And then we get back to the house and she finally door dashes her fucking Chinese food. She got her some fucking Panda Express. I have never had Panda Express. She was like, do you want anything? Uh, No. And I I was like, you know what I want, baby? I'm going to go upstairs and go to bed. I was like, what time are you leaving? (gasps) Oh my God, really? Well, she had plans and she was like, she was like, I'm going to the mall. (laughs) Because I guess there's a very badly store in the mall. I didn't know. But she was like, I'm going to the mall. Um, okay. So I I, you like, couldn't pay me getting her near there. I was like, all right, you do you on Black Friday, go to the mall. Mama's going upstairs and taking a nappy nap. So I went to bed at one, slept till about 4.30. Oh my God. I haven't even started my Christmas shopping yet. Then got up and watched uh. Dave Chappelle with Paco. And now then, that you saw it, what did you think of it? I thought it was great. Like, I didn't think that they made it, they blew it up. They blew uh-huh. it up because what he said was not bad. Like, he, you were right. He was angry about what the community did to one of their own that happened to be his friend. Yeah, that's how I took it. Like, he came for them because he was very angry. He had these this person who meant something to him. And just because she showed up for him, they went hard. And, you know, she killed herself. And Chappelle was like, fuck these people. Like, you guys are a bunch of woke-ass people who don't give a fuck about anybody, and you can't see past, you know, the end of your nose, and look what, you know, look what happens. You know, you all want to be like, don't say anything mean, and be nice to everybody, but then here you go, you, like, gang up, and, you you know, to a point where somebody does it. That's how I took it. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I took it that way, and I saw it twice. That's how I took it, and I'm very much a trans advocate. Like, I am very much in the community, like, hands hands on in there so yeah I I felt the same way 
but Dave Chappelle is getting back at him. That was a great segue. Yeah, I was going to say, now there's like this really neat little we thing that's even, happening we now. We plan that shit. Yeah. Anyway, um, so it says, it says, Dave Chappelle says he'll reject former high school honor if his critic if his critics donate more than his fans. So what he's doing is playing, he's, he's, pl- he's playing them against each other just to get money for this school. Mm-hmm. Says Jace, Dave Chappelle has been the focus of a controversy since releasing his latest Netflix special, The Closer. Dave Chappelle is telling his critics to put their money where their mouth is and donate to his former high school in order to stop the theater from being named after him. The comedian has been steeped in controversy since September when comments he made about the transgender community landed him in the crosshairs of critics and activists alike. Now the comedian is hoping to use the debate surrounding his name as a way to raise money for Duke Ellington School of the Arts in Georgetown. That's where he attended high school. Chappelle was due for an appearance at the school to commemorate a theater being named in his honor. While he did play a visit to the, pay a visit to the school before Thanksgiving, the theater naming was postponed until April amid backlash to give administrators a chance to open a proper dialogue with students. However, the comedian took to his Instagram over the weekend to give his critics a path to stop him from receiving the honor altogether rather than just talk about it. Talk is cheap unless I do it, he began the post. Having the theater named after me is a great honor, although that was not my idea or aim or desire at the request of the beloved school founder, Peggy Cooper Carfritz. I accepted, he continued. In April, I intend to honor that request. If you object to me receiving this honor, I urge you to donate to the school. Noting your objection, if you are in favor of the theater being named Chappelle, I urge you to donate in the name of your approval. Chappelle stated that he will gladly step aside if the critics donate a higher dollar value to the f- school than those who approve of the to a, those who approve or are neutral. If not, I will happily attend the naming ceremony. And if you don't care enough to donate, please shut the fuck up forever, forever, he concluded. <laughs> the student body of Duke Ellington School was clearly split over the opinion Chappelle in the wake of the closer. When he did a show for the Q&A with students ahead of the holiday, some were quick to discuss the transphobia allegations on his head. I'm 16 and I think you're childish. You handled it, handled it like a child, a student said, adding that Chappelle is a bigot. Oh, mm. God. It was probably some, like... Woke-ass <sighs> teenager. Woke-ass, like, white-bred teenager who's never struggled a day in her fucking life. She probably had a Starbucks. Anyway, mm-hmm. Political Playbook reported Thursday after speaking to attendees of the event. My friend, with due respect, I don't believe you could make one of the decisions I have made... On a given day, he responded according to students recounting the event. Political also reported that he responded to another antagonistic question from a student. I'm better than every instrumentalist artist, no matter what art you do in this school right now. I'm better than all of you. I'm sure that will change. I'm sure you'll be a household name soon. Chappelle also reportedly noted that he was unhappy to hear that some students were receiving threats over the decision to protest him. Earlier in the post, Chappelle sang the praises of the school and credited for the success he found later in life. The Duke Ellington School is a glorious institution, he wrote. Within those walls, I found a context to explore my creativity. Seriously, Duke Ellington, in a large part, prepared me to undertake this noble, difficult profession. It was a fine institution before any of its current occupants got there. God willing, it will be fine institution long after their tenure is done. 
My only intent is to ensure Duke Ellington the opportunity to train its artists unfettered. But he literally looked at the other kids and said, I'm better than all of you. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I mean, he's a millionaire and they're fucking, like, really. How many kids do you think are going to make it like he did? Out of that class. I don't maybe, know that I would look at him all. Maybe three or four. Like, he I wonder being, if he was, like, being sarcastically probably, funny. and he was being attacked. Like, these kids... <sighs> the internet ruins everybody, and yeah. that's the problem. Everything's trending. Everything's... Blah. You, I can tell you four fucking friends of mine right now, four, whose little girls have decided to be little boys and fucking call themselves by boys' names because yeah. it's fucking trendy. Well, um, I thought that first, too. I have, um, there's a couple of mine that I've been friends with for a long time. Excuse me. And they have two children. And their oldest was a female. And now she transitioned to male. And at first they thought the same thing. That it was just trendy. And da 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 And, you know, she found her group in school. It happens to go to the same high school that my son goes to. And that group happened to be this type of group. And so they kind of thought the same thing, but she's graduating now and that's, she's still in it. It's, she's carried that through this whole time. So whether that's trendy still or not, I don't know. Some of them do. I'm not saying that there are not trans kids out there. I'm aware of them. Oh, no, no, no. I know. But I was just surprised too, because I also felt the same thing. I thought that this person was going to change and she kind of, he. But I know a couple of them who were like fucking ridiculous. Like. Mm -hmm. You're not a little boy, mm-hmm. and you know that, and you're just, it's the popular thing to do right now, mm-hmm. especially amongst little teenage girls, and they can come at me if they want, but I feel like, I feel like if your child wants to identify as something else, before you put them on hormones, before you do anything to, you know, say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Have them evaluated by a therapist. I think they have to. They have to be evaluated by a therapist, I thought, before they can be on hormones. I don't know. But I feel like... I mean, I don't... Don't quote me on that, but I thought that they had to I feel to like be. a lot of it is just because it's trending. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Yeah, but well, because we personally know people that right. are transgendered and... Right, but there are so some So, no, kids, we, we believe it. There are some kids out there that absolutely are not trans, but it's the cool thing to be right now, so that's what they are. yeah. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. I've been pretty ill now for like a little over a month. And I don't explain this. Like, it starts to like wear you down, you know, a little bit. And then you kind of like wonder, like, am I going to keep going through this? Like, I've lost 11 pounds. Like in three weeks, right? And which is great because I need to lose weight, right? That's probably some of my problem. You know, causing some of the issues that I have, especially height and hernia and all that stuff. Like, it's starting to bring me in. I always had thought, like, for the last 10 years, I was sort of having, like, this existential crisis. Like, who do I want to be when I grow up? How do I, like, because I had this feeling in my mind, like, well, if I pick this one thing and I stick with that and I do that for, you know, 10 years, I'm not young anymore. I'm not, like, I mean, I'm young, but I'm not young, young. Like, when you're 20, you can fuck around until you're 30 years old. And be like, oh, shit, I just spent 10 years in banking and I really should have been a nurse or, or right. something, some bearing. You get what I'm saying? And you have the time still, God willing, right, if you're like a normal person who's going to live a normal life. But when you're like 45 years old, you know what I mean? You're middle aged at that point. It's not 50 because most of you ain't going to live to 100, right? So I'm, I'm middle aged. And I really had started to really think about all these things. And I'm like, 
maybe I'm starting to have like my midlife crisis because I really long to go back so badly wish I could go back now. And it's interesting. Like my mom had always said, like, you know, uh, you're going to miss high school one day. Blah, 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 Cause I was always in such a rush to get out of high school. I just wanted to work. I didn't be bothered by it. Blah, 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 blah. And one day she's like, you're really going to miss it. And it's not until now that I'm like, I don't necessarily think that I have regrets, but I just kind of wish with these different eyes that I got another chance or something to like right. go back and enjoy it. Because like, I think about that too. Social media, man, is fucked up. God, these kids are so fucking weak and soft. And the and stuff around that, like, we didn't have school shootings. There was another school shooting right, today in Michigan. I saw that. Another one. We didn't have school shootings. We didn't have social media and all the anxiety. I didn't get anxiety until much later in life when I had a heart arrhythmia that, like, completely right, fucked me up for a long time. Right, because there's all these people telling you that, you know, you're allowed to, this is, this is how social media works. You're allowed to have all the opinions in the world, but it's not right opinion unless it's my opinion. Yeah, like, oh, you know, you're special. Everybody's special. And why don't we normalize this to normalize that? But only if I say it's can be normalized. And it's got to be my people. And if it's not my people, then I'm going to throw an entire fit. Right. You know what I mean? But it's just, it was an easier time. And I just so badly wish I could go back and fuck up my life in different ways. You know, that's like such a, and I feel that so much now. And when you're ill and you're bed bound, and I have been pretty bed bound, it's just like, God, is this really what's going to be set up with life? Because this is like fucking bullshit. Yep. And I know that sounds bad. And I'm definitely not like I'm working through some depression or whatever, but I miss it. And I look at these kids and they do this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I could care less. My kids want to come home. Whatever. Do you. Right. Like, we're very, very strong with that. Like, look, you're gay, straight, bisexual. What the fuck ever. We don't give a shit around here. Whatever colors you're going to bring them home. But if they're assholes, they're assholes. And they ain't going to be in this house. Right. Because we don't care. So we're, we're trying to do a little better. But I really miss it. I miss the simpler times, which is probably why a lot of these women, remember, they were saying a lot of these women are going to the nunneries in the droves, like going to Catholicism because they don't know how to live their lives. And their lives have become so complicated by everybody telling you how to live it or not to live it. And social media will put you on blast if you don't. That they're like, it's just easier to go off social media and be a fucking nun. That's how bad things have gotten for some people. It's scary. I follow a nun on TikTok. You did what? I follow a nun on TikTok. You did? I do. She's a nun on TikTok. Well, what is she doing on TikTok? Doing nun shit? She doing nun shit. She talks about the the convent, and she talks about the the pets that they have around the convent. That's probably pretty fascinating, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, she's great. I like her a lot. You know, I think it's it's funny when um my godson was baptized, we went to where his school is, which is also like a Catholic school, and um... The priest that did the baptism seemed so cool, like just so down to earth and easygoing. And I don't know. I think a lot of people are really starting to turn to religion for the answers. A lot of people are. Oh, not you. Not Sky Daddy. I get it. But a lot of people are looking for that feeling because they feel lost. They feel lost out here. And it's almost like you feel unsafe. And I think they've done so many studies that talk about like social anxiety. What is it? If you were on... Something along the lines, if you are on social media 50 times a week, you are X amount times more likely to have social anxiety or something. Oh. Like they did like these large studies. Yeah, I think that there are certain groups that are more accustomed to that because I'm on fucking social media all the time. All the time. And I have zero social anxiety. Well, I think with the younger kids, why look at my daughter. Mm-hmm. socially anxiety look at my son katie 
social anxiety. I mean, they were both, you know, social media kids. I mean, he's not really, my, my son's not really on it, but she is a lot. But they both suffer from it. And it's interesting because Jonathan didn't used to be that way. Jonathan used to be able to walk in wherever and make all kinds of little friends. Yep. And now he's all like, well, I don't know, my mouth, my, my voice sounds weird. Or, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, mm. I don't know. I think that today's generation is fucking soft. I think they need to man the fuck up. Let's, <laughs> that's my opinion. Like, I don't know. It's because we're Gen X's and we, we are, we were bred different. We were bred different from the gate. I don't know. I'm a whole fucking entire hot mess right now. I don't know. Hopefully I'll get better too. I mean, my too. parents were not the greatest. My parents were fucked up just like everybody else's. But I feel like that made us better parents. Well, you know who needs better parents? Who needs better parents? I got one for you. Okay. This came up actually today on the Reddit forum. And I guess there's like a Tinder Reddit forum. And I'm like, OMG. And all it says is, wow, you guys. And it's like a screenshot of what this person put on tinder and his name is zach and he's 25 and it's this is what it said (laughs) sorry i have to keep burping like 75 times a day it says this app fuels the female egotistical and narcissistic nature by giving them the selfie culture they crave and a smorgasbord of cock to choose from this in turn transforms most of these girls into picky bitches with shitty attitudes who believe they are special snowflakes most of you females on here have nothing to offer but your depreciating looks and your worn-out, disease-ridden vaginas. <gasps> P.S. I also like sushi and mini golf. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! Like, I don't know what to do with this guy. That was so funny at the end that I'm like, is that like a social? What do you call it like a he social just, experiment? He just negged him. I, that's what I'm saying. So, like, is it a stage show? So remember that that guy that used to be on MTV that would like turn like the geeky boys into like complete players and yeah. like, get all the girls. He used to be like, you have to neg them. Like give you got to say one or one nice thing followed by a negative thing. Yes. Yeah. He just negged the fuck out of everybody and was like, by the way, I like sushi and mini golf. I'm like, he I wonder. He got hit up by like 18 different people. <laughs> so I'm wondering. I'm like wondering if he's like, let me do a little social experiment and see how many women will still slide left on me or right or whatever you do on Tinder. And, like, really pay attention. And if they do pay attention, like, what does he do with them? Because I remember black years and years and years ago doing the whole, remember, doing the online thing. And our friend Sharon did it. And she's married now. We talked about going to her wedding. But she did the online dating thing. And um, yeah. and we were like, we, and well, it started because I was like, well, I don't really, she was like, she didn't want to be alone. Right. She was you like, it's a scary thing. You were, you were like, Jimmy, I don't want to do it. I was like, well, I'll do it. And I said I'd give her, I think I said I'd give it a month. Yeah. Or what? I think I lasted all of like two weeks, and Beth also said, "Well, I'll do it." And we're talking. God, this is like six, seven years ago. It was a long mm-hmm. time. Beth actually flourished. <laughs> she really she did that. Flourished. Like, did she meet anybody? No. Did she didn't meet anybody? But did she have the time of her goddamn life? Yes, she did. And I think we talked about it. Like, guys would be sending her dick pics, and we would rate them. We had like our own little we had chat our own room. Little chat room. Yeah. And at one point, I'll never forget you going. Why does it look frothy? Like, what is happening? Like, he looks like he's got a disease. Like, oh, God, it was, like, so funny. And I'm just like, thank God, you know, like, no matter what it is, I don't ever want to go back out to that cesspool. There's, like, a, a girl. What is it? Either. Like, a thing. What is it? 90 Day Fiance, The Single Life or something. And I don't I don't watch them anymore. But it's, like, a commercial that keeps popping up. And there's this girl saying, I have to go out and do um, 
the dating again, and I I'm gonna have to get back into the the dating pool, and I think there's pee in it. Is what she says. Speaking of dating, okay, can I just tell you? Yes, tell me. So yesterday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. What's today? Today's Tuesday. So Sunday night, I didn't watch football, and Paco had seven. So I decided that I was going to sit my ass down and watch cheesy Christmas movies. Because tis the season, right? And Jay loves a fucking cheesy Christmas movie. So I was like, let me sit down and watch a couple of these movies. Okay. And they're supposed to make you feel good. But let me tell you. Let me tell you how Christmas fucking movies, Hallmark Christmas movies, piss me all the way the fuck out. Okay. all the way off. Like, I am done. Here's my problem. These bitches... They're like, oh, I'm going to go on holiday or, oh, my aunt died and I have to go clean out my house, the house or, or like, <laughs> oh, I started a new job. Okay. Whatever. So they go and they, one of three things happen. They either fall in love with their high school sweetheart that they left, but they have to return back to their hometown where it just happens that, you know, Ben is there and he's looking hotter than ever and he's like the best thing that ever happened in community and oh yeah by the way he's got a five year old son and his wife just died a few years back. I know right yeah. So they fall in love after a week of her being home and then they she leaves and then comes back and they get married. Second of all this bitch goes on holidays meets a prince within four days her and the prince are engaged and getting married on Christmas. You start a new job. Oh, look how handsome my new boss is. Next thing you know, you're snowed in at a hotel, but you're the only guest in the whole entire hotel because it's a new hotel and you help design it. And now... Oh, my God. <laughs> now, we spent a whole 20 minutes together and we're so in love. At the end of that movie, I swear to God, they spent one weekend together. They came back from wherever it was they were at. They went. The guy went away on an overnight to Vail... Came back and, of course, the ex-girlfriend is like, oh, we're trying to work it out. But they weren't really trying to work it out. It was oh, a lie. Oh, she was just being a jealous. It was a lie. So she calls him out, but she's like, we're just going to have a good work ethic relationship or whatever. And then the next thing you know, he's at her fucking door and he's got, like, things he made for her out of love. Like, these little wooden fucking snowflakes. And then they go out to dinner with his parents and her parents and at the end of the dinner, after one week, he's like, I love you, Rachel. And she's like, oh, I love you, too. And then they pan to the, like, their fucking honeymoon pictures. Like, <laughs> I have been putting work into this fucking relationship for five goddamn years. <laughs> five goddamn years. And you know what I'm not getting? A castle for Christmas. <gasps> or Snowbound <sighs> for Christmas. Or Death the Halls for Christmas. Or... Christmas at Spring Hollow Falls, where the maple trees are. Like, shut the fuck up, Hallmark. Oh, my God. I also saw a Christmas movie the other day, and I think it was A Castle for Christmas or something with fucking Tara. No, maybe it wasn't that one. It was with Tara Reid in it. Oh, I haven't seen that one. It is Tara Reid, and she's the worst fucking actress ever. She really is. She has got zero fucking range. She is, like, the most monotone actress ever and everybody else is great so the whole premise behind that one was she's a single mom with this little girl and then there's this prince prince of ballerton or something like that there's always a goddamn motherfucking there's a prince well he went to university in the states 
I guess he met her, and they really, really liked each other, but then Wait, he had he to come home. He didn't tell her he was a prince? No, but I think somehow she found out, and I guess what it is, like, I guess his nanny ended up being, like, his, like, confidant, like, the number one person that's with him, like, all the time, even later on. And she came to her, to Tara Reed's character, and said, you're never going to be with him. He's a prince. He's already engaged to a duchess from some other whatever. You need to write him this letter that says, I'm breaking up with you. La, 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 whatever. Well, then he's like, well, why is she not answering me? You know, I'm sending her letters. And this girl's like, had enough of him. No one had nothing to do with him. So it, and then his family's like, well, you're not going back to the States. Like, you're going to stay here now. So he ends up staying there. He ends up getting married, doing the arranged marriage with the Duchess. And he said, like, I learned to care for her, but I never loved her like I loved Tara Reed's character. So anyway, she ends up being widowed and he has to come to the States again. Of course, he, like, wants to look her up and he's, like, losing his, you know, entourage, like, his security so he can go see her. And she, like, wants nothing to do with him. And then finally, like, long story short, she's pregnant with the daughter. He's got a daughter. Oh. And that's what it is. But, like, the daughter has more range than, like, Tara Reed does. Like, Tara Reed has zero fucking range. Like, she's just like, we have a daughter. I don't know if you should meet her. I talked to the nanny. The nanny is the one who told me that you did not want to be with me anymore. You know what I mean? And he's all like, well, we were in love. And I'm like, when? How? She's kind of like, how would you know? Like, a I love you. You're the best person ever. I love you. A Castle for Christmas is Carrie Yules and Brooke Shields. <gasps> oh, okay. I saw people talking about that. They and were saying he had a British accent or Scottish. something. And or it, Scottish and, accent. And I'm not going to lie. I liked that one. You did? It was good. It was good. It was more realistic because they ended up together, but they weren't getting married. Like, oh, it was okay. just, you know, but Brooke Shields, you know, you, you got to, I think it's my generation. We just love a good Brooke Shields. Um, and, you know, who Brooke doesn't Shield love. Brooke Shields is timeless. Who doesn't love, you know, Wesley from A Princess Bride. Oh, my God. Can we talk about True Story, though? Have you seen it yet? Uh-uh. Oh, God. The one with Kevin Hart? Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. It's on my watch to watch list. I told you, I was watching cheesy fucking Christmas movies. All right. Well, everybody's talking about it now because it's one of the blah, 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 and I don't want to ruin it for you, but... Was it not good? I thought it was awful. I love Kevin Hart, though, and I love Leslie Snipes. So the two of them together, regardless, I was going to be into the end. I was going to watch it to the end because I'm fans, and that's just what you do as a fan. Did I think their acting was poor? No. Do I think the script and the way it was written was poor? Uh, yeah. Well... Like, from the beginning, we were like, oh, okay, that's what, uh, you know what I mean? It was, like, very, like, you knew it was, like, going on. Watch there, Red Notice. That was funny. No, we did watch that. That was okay. Like, that's what you expect it to be. It was what it was. Yeah, I, um. Ryan Reynolds is always the same fucking character, man. I don't care. He's sexy as fuck. He can I mean, be he whatever is. whatever character he wants. He is always the same character, though. I don't He's care. always Mr. Sarcastic. Always, right, and you know, it works for him. It works for him. You know what? It works for me. After I could, Ryan went, I don't care what Ryan Reynolds movie it is, I will be upstairs 15 minutes after it's done taking care of me. I will be, my vibrator's name is Ryan Reynolds. That's how much I love Ryan Reynolds. It's It's Ryan Reynolds. You know what though, but I have to say in terms of um, range, I really enjoyed seeing Kevin Hart do something different because he's sort of been pigeonholed in a, a very similar you know type what, character. You know what, though? They always, I like always fuck it up like that, though. They're always like, well, we're going to try this movie. 
And now he's going to be like, I want to be a serious actor. Don't pull a Chris Tucker, Kevin Hart. Well, no, this was like a seven episode mini type series. And I think with the right sort of script, they could have turned it around. But there was like too much BS starting at the beginning. I don't know. It was what it was. But I was glad to see his range. And I know he did that one movie um, with, what's his facey? Uh, the guy from Breaking Bad and he was in the wheelchair. Oh, shit. What the fuck was that called? I can't remember what it's called. He did that too. The and upside. I liked his range in the upside. Yeah. So good. And that, that was really good. And I like showing his range because I have said for the longest time, Kevin Hart has what it takes to be like the next Jamie Foxx or, mm-hmm. you know, any of those or, you know, Will Smith. He's got those chops, and I'm even though I didn't really like this that much, I'm really excited to see him keep doing different things because I think he's better than just doing the laugh at me, blah right. blah blah things. Like I'm really excited to see how far he goes. And he's like he's gonna be one of those motherfuckers that like is out there one day with all the things on his mantle, like all the right. awards on his mantle. I'm really in for that. So lock me in for that. Okay, so what do I have? What do I have? Um Hmm. 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 Oh my god, now the dog is oh, not here, knocking on the door. Let's talk about this one. Okay. Let's talk about this one, people. <sighs> Sweet Jesus. Okay. So there is a 55-year-old man. This is from Newsbreak. It's from the Charleston Press. And there is a 55-year-old man who attended a corona party to purposely mm. contract the virus and build natural immunity. <sighs> but then he got infected, and guess what happened to him? He fucking died. Jeez Louise. Because, look, if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. I don't care. Like, don't get vaccinated. But don't be stupid about a disease that is out there killing people. Yeah, I mean, it's it's clearly, very clearly killing people. Like, that's not a ruse. It is happening. So it says, despite the fact that the governments around the world are doing everything in their power to vaccinate as many people as possible against COVID-19 free of charge... There are millions of vaccine-hesitant people who decide not to get the vaccine for many different reasons. Many countries are now allowing only fully vaccinated people to go to stores, cinemas, shopping malls, and travel, and the the policy puts out a lot of pressure on those unvaccinated. That said, there is a rising trend in fake COVID-19 passes and even fake COVID-19 certificates sold Uh, on the black market that everyone can get one super easy. Um... Where did it go? There it is. They can get one super easy with just a few clicks of a mouse. However, there is one more rising trend that seems to be much more dangerous. Compared to the fake COVID-19 passes and certificates, and they are called Corona Parties. This kind of parties are extremely popular lately, especially in Europe, where people gather in effort to contract the virus and therefore build natural immunity. Corona parties are type of parties where at least one COVID-19 positive person will attend the party, while all the other attendees are people who don't want to get vaccinated. But they also don't have a natural immunity. At these parties, the vaccine-hesitant people share drinks, hugs, stay close close face-to-face with COVID-19 positive people. In an effort to contract the virus and build natural immunity, which will guarantee them a COVID-19 pass later that they they can use just like fully vaccinated ones. One such corona party took place recently in northern Italy in the city of Bolasno, where people gathered to contract the virus. But this party ended up fatally for one. A 55-year-old Austria Austria resident 
who contracted the virus, ended up hospitalized, and later as a result of the virus, according to The Independent, this was not the only part of the region since a few local hospitals there confirmed at least three additional hospitalizations, recently including a child who attended this type of party in the last two to three weeks. According to the latest reports, all three of the infected are doing well and their condition is not critical at this moment. Healthcare chiefs believe the patients are anti-vaxxers who deliberately attempt to become infected so they can obtain a green pass, which is now required for work and leisure in Italy. According to local media, however, the situation is similar in most of the European countries where residents are required to a so-called green pass so they can live normally. One is eligible for a green pass if it's fully vaccinated or by recovering from infection within the previous 6 to 12 months depending on the country. Patrick Franzoni, co-ordinator of the anti-COVID unit in Bolasno, told Italian newspaper, we have received more than one account from doctors of patients who admitted they haven't been infected on purpose. They do this to develop antibodies and obtain the green pass without vaccination, he said. There are long-term consequences and even young people can end up in the hospital. So, um, anyway, this guy decided he was going to go to this party, caught COVID, and now he's dead. Also, where'd she go? There's also a new trend where people are giving themselves bleach enemas. What? Yes. Some guy just recently died. After three days of being diagnosed with COVID, he decided that he was not going to take anything. He was taking ivermectin, and he was giving himself bleach enemas. After three days of taking the bleach enema, he is no longer with us. Oh, my God. I, I don't, I guess I don't understand people that, like, do the weirdest shit. But, like, a year ago, don't you remember there was, like, kids doing coronavirus parties? Because they didn't want to be away from each other. Right. And so they would just, like, hang out with each other and get, you know, the Rona or whatever and move on with their life because none of them ever really you know, had it bad. It was like the rest of everybody. And thankfully we all, you know, well, you got lucky. You never had it. No, I don't know I, how you didn't. And I've been exposed. I was just exposed again, like two weeks ago and I don't have it. Well, thankfully it looks like everything's working for you. Um, but yeah, I'm like this time last year, Bruce and I had the vid. Mm-hmm. Like it was this time last year, but yeah, kids were doing that stuff. It's, it's really surprising to me that like adults, especially adults in that age would, test it i don't know like i'm still holding out for the novavax like the novavax vaccine yeah, that's i really to be out by want january, that one. and and they're they're getting good taste, case studies back they are it's 90 so, percent efficacy against death and like i forget it's almost like 100 percent against moderate and severe disease or something so i'm really really hoping for that because i do not want to have anything to do with those other ones like not even a little bit and it's hard for me. A lot of it is it stems from if I didn't already have heart issues and everything sets my fucking heart off and them having the heart, it, it terrifies me. And that's really the only reason. Otherwise, I would have gotten it because I always get flu shots. But I really trust flu shots. But now it's more of my panic disorder doing this to me because I'm like, I cannot have another thing setting off my fucking heart. I just cannot. Um, and they talk about it way too much and it, it terrifies me. That's the only reason I don't do it. But this is really sad and I'm not I haven't read it yet because I wanted to is do this, the same is this the one that we're reading because I was going to say can you do the one that yeah this is the one on the in-laws okay. so 
I didn't read it yet because I kind of wanted to see what it was. I didn't want to have like a reaction until I got to do it with you. Okay. So this is from crafty.diply.com and it says, In-laws demand grieving widow give back wedding ring six months after husband's death. Fucking awesome. And I'm like, what? So my initial reaction is like, ah, okay. It says, married couples are supposed to grow old together. Being someone's soulmate is meant to be a lifelong commitment. However, sometimes low life throws us curveballs we have never predicted. Excuse me. It's heartbreaking to imagine the loss of a spouse, especially when a couple is so young. However, that's exactly what one woman is experiencing, all while feeling the pressure from her in-laws to return the ring her now-deceased husband gave her. Taking to Reddit's famous Am I the Asshole community, an anonymous woman shared her current predicament and asked the friendly people of the internet if she was in the wrong. I find this really fun that these other, like, like sites take the Am I the Asshole thing, oh, yeah. turn me into articles, and then we read both sets. Like, right. I just find that funny. It says, uh, Daniel and I were married for one and a half years, together for seven, the original poster wrote. I received an engagement ring, wedding ring, and eternity band from him, a wedding anniversary gift for when you're married. After her husband's unexpected death, the original poster wrote, she was understandably heartbroken at the beginning of this year. It still doesn't feel real, but I'm trying to live life the way he'd want me to every day, she explained. I haven't had much contact with his family since the funeral six months ago. I suppose we are all hurting and need to heal. Okay, A, that would break my entire heart that this is was my family. You figure they were together seven years, married for a year and a half. That seven years meant something. And they were like family to her, I would assume. So it says that he gave her... Uh, gave her all these rings. Okay. Yeah. So it says, recently, however, the original poster heard from her sister-in-law. Yesterday, my ex-sister-in-law messaged me on Facebook. It's so sad to say ex. Right. Because they didn't divorce. He died. Right. I'm a bit of an overshare on Facebook, and they knew about my eternity ring as well as the other rings, she wrote. My sister-in-law wants me to return all the rings to them as they say that Daniel paid for them, and because he has died, they belong to family. What? What? I'm glad I waited, because this motherfucking family is wrong. Are we sure that it's not just the sister-in-law who wants them? I don't know. Right now, it just says my her sister-in-law claims... The mother-in-law echoes with these sentiments. So apparently she's a, mm. the mother-in-law, the mom is saying yes. I've already given them back his childhood stuff he had, she explained, along with photos he had before I met him. However, she is unwilling to part with the two of her rings as they're deeply sentimental and were gifted to her by her late husband. I'd be okay with giving them my plain wedding band, but the two others are beautiful, expensive, combined $19,000 and remind me of the best time of my life, she explained. I'd give them my husband's wedding ring, but he was buried wearing it. Who the fuck asked them for it back? They're not even family heirlooms. Like, I initially thought it might be a family right. heirloom. Like I was waiting for it, but they just think because yeah, he paid for them. These they didn't end. They didn't end in a bitter divorce, people. He fucking died. And it was given to her by him. While they, get the fuck out of here. I'm getting squeezed by his family to give them these rings, the grieving widow explained. I don't know if they just want them to sell or own or what. She goes on to claim her in-laws have been calling her names for keeping them out of the family where they belong. Daniel, I didn't have kids, she wrote, so I suppose I'm no longer family, she wrote. Thankfully, the Reddit community had original posters back and ensured her she was not in the wrong for not wanting to hand over these important pieces of jewelry. Asking for a widow's wedding ring six months after losing her husband is deeply messed up, one person replied. I cut all ties with these people. Let your A.H. I don't know. Sister-in-law get a lawyer. It will be a waste of her money because those rings are yours. They were gifts. 
These people are disgusting. They aren't family heirlooms. They're just nice things. They want to be able to pawn block all of them, the other person says. Right. And then this person says, um, what? Yeah, he paid for them as gifts for you, wrote another person. And as you were his spouse, his assets go to you anyway, unless he had a will that states otherwise. Another person says, where the fuck are these people getting the idea that they have any claim over anything of his, much less something as sentimental as wedding engagement rings, they added. Uh, it's just, oh my god, this is awful. Yeah, they are definitely the assholes. That is terrible. Like, I cannot even imagine in a million years. I mean, I can see, like, okay, for my son, for instance, he's, you know, getting ready to go off the boot camp. And I had told him, I think I talked about it on the podcast, look, you're probably going to end up meeting some girls out there. Like, because there's girls that, you know, what, badge bunnies, things like that. Like, they're just going to like military men, you know. Christopher's cute. He's so handsome. He's very handsome. And um, I'm just like, you know, things might happen. Girls may, like, like you. I'm like, you know what? There's going to be some crazy ones. And it's going to feel pretty nice when you're with them. Because they're crazy. And they always say the crazy ones have the best sex. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. You don't bring that one home. Right. You bring home the one that's moderate. <laughs> Gives you a moderately good time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> She's going to be the good mom. You bring that one home. But I want him to come home. But I, I mean, but I cannot imagine... If something was to happen to my son, me going to my daughter-in-law and saying, give me all this shit back that he right, gave you. Right, after you haven't talked to her in six months after Christopher's gone. Like, yeah, that's not like, going to be you anyway. I so. can't even imagine that. I would want to be with her all the time and make that sure that she was okay and everything else. Like, I almost feel like we need more information on this backstory. So I have one that's similar. Okay. But I can't find it. But I remember it. Okay. So there's this girl who... Her her mom, you know, she lost her mom when she was a young age. Her dad remarried, and her mom had a daughter. Mm-hmm. So she lives with them, of course, and she was going through some stuff, and her dad had given her a necklace that belonged to her mother. It, and the sister, the stepsister, is getting married. So she was admiring the necklace. Mm-hmm. So she says to the sister, who they don't get along very well, Hey, can I borrow your necklace for my wedding? And the original poster was like, you know, this is was my mom's. I really don't feel comfortable, you know, lending you this fucking. The, the one thing I have for my mother. Right. And right. they were like, well, you can come to the wedding. But, you know, if you have something better to do, then that's fine. Like, they didn't really want her at the wedding. Oh, jeez. She was just obligatory because it was like. Family. Yeah. Right. So she's like, no, I won't go to the wedding. Well, the day of the wedding, because she found the stepsister rummaging through her shit. The day of the wedding, she got up to go hide the necklace again, and I guess the sister had found it. So she called the stepmom at the church and was like, you need to bring me back my necklace. And she was like, it's fine. You'll get it back after the honeymoon. They were going to, like, out of the country for, like, two weeks. And she was like, no, I want it back now. And this girl called the cops and sent the cops to the stepsister's wedding to get the fucking necklace. Holy shit. And she was like, am I an asshole for calling the cops? Yes. I feel like you kind of overreacted a tidbit. Oh, you know what? Let me put it this way. I don't think you should have called the cops and sent them there. What I think I would have done was I would have been waiting outside of that church and said, hand it over. And if she didn't, I would have whipped the shit out of her is what I would have done. Because you know what she would have done? She would have went on her honeymoon and said it was lost. Right. She would have lost on her honeymoon and she would never be able to get it back. Right. I would have been like, dink, right off her neck. You can fix a clasp. Yeah, you can. I, I would have ripped it off her neck. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there would be no stopping that at all. Right. I, it's kind of, it's funny, too, because I actually was like, <laughs> I 
talking to my mom today and I always love when my mom calls me when she's on her way home from work because she's like on 95 and 95 is always so busy right so she'll be like blah, blah, blah. oh my god motherfucker watch out okay I'm just gonna sit back here because you're not gonna hit my car <laughs> like she does this kind of, and then she just keeps talking and so it's like so funny and um so we were talking today and and I started asking her, I was like was I like a really selfish stuck up my own asshole like teenager and she was like yeah but like you weren't like bad and I'm like well that sounds bad but I'm like, I don't remember being young and thinking about my parents' feelings too much. Oh, no, I, I was not an asshole. I was very, we were a very, like, close-knit family, so we were always aware of everybody's feelings. Because in my house, they share. They share their feelings. They share, yeah. they overshare their feelings. Well, I just think about, like, it's hard to not know how your parents are feeling when they're screaming it across the hall to each well, other. Well, yeah, I guess, you're like, that's how they shared, and air quotes, they shared <laughs> that's it. That's how we shared. I know. Well, now I'm thinking, like, with Jonathan, like, again, like, I, I'm thinking, Jonathan and Christopher, they're so in tune and so good with, like, well, mom's sick, so I'm not going to ask her what's for dinner. I'm just going to assume we're on our own. Or right. they'll ask me, well, hey, I know you're sick. Do you want me to make dinner? Like, what can I do to help you? Like, they're so good with that. And I'm like... How did I get like that? Because I don't remember ever a time when I ever looked at my mom and was like, oh, well, you're sick. Oh, let me make dinner. I think I was a dick. You know what I mean? So I'm like, how did I end up turning around like different? So I was asking my mom. I said, is it a girl what, thing though? or is we it a boy thing? We as much as these kids are nowadays. We were yeah. home. Like we, we had our friends and that was our world and we were out doing things. You like, know what? You're right. That That's what makes sense. That's what, that, okay. Yeah, we were because, in our room. We were on the yeah. phone. We were you know, playing with our We're out and about. Like, yeah, you didn't have to worry about us. Right. You know what? You're right. That has to be it. Because I, I was wondering, I'm like, is it a girl thing? Is it a boy thing? Like, I'm like really trying to grill my mom. And my brother is a police officer. And for some reason, when he goes on night shifts, instead of being, keeping his dog home, his dog goes with my mom. So my mom's like <laughs> going down the you know road and she's, you know, calling everybody motherfucker. And then we're talking and then she gets to my brother's house. She's like, hold on, I got to pick up Petey. It's like her grandchild. Like, because like she doesn't have any other little grandkids, right? So she goes and picks up Petey Wait, every night. Wait, are they living together now? Yeah, my brother's married and they just bought a new house. Right. But for some reason, like when my brother's working overnight, my mom just likes to have Petey. I don't oh. know why. So my mom goes and picks up Petey. And, you know, my brother's wife, Crystal, who's amazing, by the way. I love her to death. Like they were there for, um, for uh, Thanksgiving and it was so nice to see all them. And we don't really have a lot of that drama going on like you guys do, but... Um, it was nice to see him. And I, for whatever reason, my mom's just like, well, let me have Petey when you go on overnight. So she like picks up Petey, like she's picking up her grandchild. And then she goes, okay, I'm back. Petey's in the car. Like, it's just the funniest thing. But I was like grilling my mom about that today. But I think you're right. And that's like the difference. Like Jonathan and Christopher have always been home with me. And I have not worked outside of this house right. and since you, Jonathan was two. And you were the type of mother who felt so guilty about leaving them. Yeah, I was always Even when them. they were old enough to stay by their themselves, you were like... What do you mean? To this day, you're like, Jonathan's only 17 and three quarters, and Christopher's <laughs> only 21. That's not true. I've been so much better. Once Christopher turned 17, and I knew Jonathan, you know, could basically sit with them and they wouldn't kill each other, I started going out and doing more things. But in, when they were younger and all that, no, I didn't go out. I go, I went out when they were with their dad. All right. Well, we got to... Well, wrap, wrap things up. up. Go, take us home, so Jimmy. So if you've ever given yourself a bleach enema, give us a, you know, write us in. Let us know how it worked out for you if you're not dead. Um, you can write us in at Gmail. If you're straight, not dead. Straight from the net at gmail.com. You can also find us on social medias like Facebook at Straight From The Net. And you can find me on TikTok at Jamie Hullible on TikTok. 
And Danielle is Danny from Straight from the Net, but she doesn't really post anything. I know. Um, also, you can listen to us on all your major podcast platforms. But we have one thing that not every podcast have. What do we have, Danielle? We have a radio show we in New York. Do. Like, who thought that was a great idea? I don't know, but they put us on there. So every Friday at 10 a.m., you can find us on the Voice of Hudson Valley Radio, the WMLD. Uh, and if you miss it on Fridays at 10 o'clock, you can hear us again on Saturdays at 7, we think. We think. <laughs> um, and if you missed that, that's okay, too, because I, you know, usually have everything uploaded to our mother platform, which is SoundCloud. But like Jamie said, you can hear us wherever you get that. But the WMLD, you can find on all in all the major app stores. You can or, say, hey, Alexa, mm-hmm. play the WMLD. And that'll work, too. But in the meantime, I guess we will see you next week. Have a good one. Okay. Bye. Bye.